Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of a numbers game right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. It's Gil Alexander. Jason Weingarten to come momentarily. We'll talk uh, baseball with Jason. Get his thoughts on baseball shenanigans momentarily. Brady Cannon to talk Travelers uh, Golf Tournament with us this week. And uh, look back at the U.S. Open, get his thoughts. He had John Rahm. Look ahead, see what he has already in pocket for the Open Championship. And then Paul Carr, Euro 2020. Paul with another easy-peasy under yesterday. Another winner. Uh, and today, again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we have a couple situations today with concurrent games. So one hour from now, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern, we have uh, two games. And then three hours from then, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, it's Groups E and Groups F, the final two groups to play their third and final games. And again, with third games of the group stage, there are always implications, there are always motivations because these teams are just trying to advance. So, again, if it's tied late in some of these games, it's just a kickball game at that point, um, teams will be content if they know they're going to advance. So we got to break that all down with Paul Carr. Carl Sack, Carl Sack, still with us here on the numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network, uh, NBA guru who has uh, hit 54 55% on thousands of NBA totals over the years. Let me just ask you this, Carl. And by the way, thanks for sticking around. Appreciate it. Well, you told me there was going to be a breakfast buffet here. Are <laughs> the guys running a little behind? Uh, well, uh, that may not have made good on that promise. <laughs> um, uh, so let me ask you this because why did you? I never really asked you this before. So I'm, I'm, I'm finding this out. Uh, hopefully here for the first time also. Why did you end up gravitating towards basketball handicapping specifically? Because you said you played baseball as a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love baseball. Um, honestly, it was a bit of trial and error. I've I've capped uh, baseball. I've capped NFL. Um, and it's just what I was most successful with. It's really. a very simple answer. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it somehow it's really interesting how some sports just make sense ultimately, makes sense in, in a numerical way, right, a metrics way, or just in a handicapping way, and that's what you end up doing because just what you said, because I'm I'm better at it. Period. The results were better. End of story. Do you think that this is something you want to do forever, or does the grind of it? Can you see a horizon where you're like, oh man, like I don't know if I could do this for the rest of my days. You're a young guy. 
It wears on you. It, 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 there's wear and tear for sure. This this point in the season, I'm pretty burnt out. You know, you, you, it's seven days a week. There's no days off, and it's eight months, nine months. You know, it's a long season. So, um, I love what I do. I'm fortunate to uh, have a job that I love. I think you can probably relate. Yeah. Um, oh, but you know, hundred percent. The hours are 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 long, and and you can't uh, you can't can't just. To me, at least, to be really successful at handicapping in today's market, you know, you can't just put in 20 hours a week and think that you're gonna you're gonna do well. So, did did this year specifically? I know I keep harping on this year, but this year there were just you know forget the postseason where there's so many elite players going down with injury, but even during the regular season, we already forget. Like we didn't know. It just seemed like like knowing who was starting, knowing who was playing, knowing who was available, got closer and closer to tip off this year than ever before. Did this year specifically make you question this more long term? Like, good lord, if this is what it's going to be about, you know, from here on out, I don't know if I want to do this. There definitely were mornings where I would send out a play early and then, you know, 15 minutes before tip after not having been on the injury report all day, they just bench multiple guys and whatever. And so that's certainly frustrating. <laughs> um, on the flip side of things, though, I think that that's, that's the kind of the evolution where you can adapt and that's where you find your opportunity as a sports better is, you know, in the past, like typically the closer to game time you get, the sharper those lines get in general. And then you kind of get clarifications and there might be some injuries. And normally in the past it was okay well this guy is on the injury list and you're waiting is he is he gonna play or not and now it's they're not even on the injury list and you just get popped with something and it's frustrating for the bets you've already made throughout the day but I think it's now an opportunity actually for people that if you're on top of your injury game and you know okay this is what this person's worth now it's an opportunity for you to take advantage of that yeah um definitely a, a different year and one wonders if uh that will be the norm in the NBA moving forward uh, or not, or if it will somehow go back to uh, how it was with more stable and more stable environment in terms of uh, player personnel. It is Gil Alexander. It is a numbers game right here at VEASAN, the sports betting network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, however you're taking us in. We appreciate it this morning. Again, Brady Cannon on a golf, Paul Carr on soccer coming up. Uh, Carl, you may remember meeting this gentleman when we were at Sloan years ago. The, I do. The MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference. You still go to that or you, you stopped going? I haven't been in quite uh, probably six or seven years or something. Yeah, four or five. As soon as VEASAN started, I, I stopped going. But I had to go on like six years in a row. Um, of course, referring to our uh, baseball guy from under a cloud of smoke in Southern California, everybody. It's Jason Weingarten. How you doing, Jason? Pretty good. Pretty good, Gil. Nice to talk to you, Carl. Good morning. Uh, I think we morning. we're at the bar there at the... Uh, at the uh, whatever the mothership hotel was at the time. Yeah, at the conference center there. Yeah, great. Those were great conferences back in the day when, when there weren't so many people and you could just hang out and approach anybody. Jason, I cited this stat. Let me start with the Dodgers. I cited this stat with uh, Josh Towers a little earlier on the show. Um, Dodgers versus teams that are over 500, 18 and 23, 18 wow. and 23 on the season. And my question to him is really the same question to you, which is how much of that worries you as a guy who has Dodgers bets and who's a Dodgers fan, or how much of that to you is still, you know, when they're full strength, none of that will matter. Mostly when they're full strength, none of that will matter. But I was, I was actually wondering that last night myself. Um, I wanted to look it up, so I'm glad someone did it already. But I was wondering what the Dodgers record was against you know, what you consider quality teams. And I was wondering what's, what's their best win this season? You know, off the top of my head, I don't even know. That's so interesting. Cause we always do that with football, right? Where we're like, what's what's this, te- you know, what's team X's best win or in college football when they're, you know, debating whether a team, you know, a team's resume for a playoff, what's their best win? We never do that with baseball. Um, but that's a valid question with the Dodgers. Do you, uh, first of all, with the uh, shenanigans from yesterday with Max Scherzer and, and Sergio Romo and frisking players on the field, do you, do you excitedly, secretly hope that Trevor Bauer has this happen to him last night? And how do you feel about this game? Did you make a play on it? I, I, I bet, uh, I bet the uh, Padres. I think, uh, I think you fade Dodgers a little bit here. I bet the Padres yesterday too. Uh, I love Sergio Romo. That was my favorite thing last night. In baseball. <laughs> that was awesome. That was watching great. him. Yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, but no, I'm on. I'm on the Padres today. 
I don't know. I, I think Bauer, I think the spin rate stuff's a little overstated. I mean, good pitchers are still good pitchers, even without sticky stuff. Uh, but it is interesting to see, you know, noticeable drops in spin rate over over the first starts. So it's, it's not just starters, bullpens too. Um, you know, people people think it's a starter thing, but it's it's very much a bullpen thing. Guys, guys in the bullpens learn how to cheat too. Giants six to one now, three game lead over the Dodgers, four and a half game lead over the Padres in the NL West, six to one to win the division. That is, we've talked about it when it was, you know, in double digits, but the lead continues to incrementally increase would you play them at six to one now as we approach the halfway mark of the season i i would not play them at six to one but that's that's because i bet it earlier yeah i don't like chase i don't like chasing these numbers as they get smaller and smaller um my play on the nl west would actually likely be to lay the dodgers if that number gets under minus 200 i i still think they're probably going to win the division and if you you can get a nice deal on that price, maybe maybe in a week from now, that's where my money would go. Minus two twenty five on the Dodgers to win the NL West right now, courtesy of BetMGM. What did you bet today, Jason? I bet the Padres. Uh, I think that number is still available. Um, we call it the Angels. Angels. Big, big Otani game tonight. We're Oppo. We're Oppo. Yeah, I, I had a feeling you'd be on the other side of that. Um, Angels, Angels, and over for me in that game. And uh, what's the third? Oh yes, I'm fading the Rays. I've been fading the Rays every day for about a week. I'm gonna keep doing it. All right. So since you bring up the Rays, because this is really what I wanted to talk to you about. Yesterday, Vander Franco has his debut for the Tampa Bay Rays, largely considered to be the best minor league player player uh, that there was. You have a great assessment of minor league players, so I would I would sort of throw that back to you. But he ends up having. A spectacular debut. He hits a, first of all, he walks, uh, makes a great defensive play. He hits a three-run shot to tie the game up at five. He has a double later in this one. He ends up two for four with uh, two runs scored, three RBI. As I mentioned, a double, a homer, and a walk. I mean, just phenomenal. You're a guy who loves to delve into rookie of the year markets and that kind of thing. And there are books here that will actually take your request, right? You can go up. If they don't have a guy like Franco listed, you could say, hey, make a price for me on Vonder Franco of the Rays. Would you um, be interested? Because you're, you're the first person to say, I love that you do. We get into April and May and even into June. Guys don't even play yet, and they could still win that award. How interested would you be on a Franco bet, and what price would you want? I haven't seen rookie of the year odds odds up in at least a week, probably two weeks. Uh, when he was when when the odds were last up, I think he was about twenty to one, possibly a little higher. Um, I would be interested in Franco if somebody put the odds up. I'm guessing he's going to reopen under ten to one if those odds up, probably even lower than that. Um, the thing that the the like why I don't love Franco isn't it hasn't has nothing to do with his talent. It mostly has to do with uh, Randy Rosarena being his teammate. Mm. And I, re- I really just think 150 games of Randy Rosarena probably wins the AL Rookie of the Year just because he's, he's a pretty pretty good all-around player. He, he starts almost every game. He hits, he's going to hit 25 home runs. I just don't think anyone's going to catch a Rosarena, even Franco, but Franco, from a talent perspective, is top. He'll be a top three vote getter by by voting. If he, if he stays up the rest of the season, I I would say third third place is his floor. Padres and Angels. Padres and Angels were the only uh, plays that you made today. Padres, Angels, Rays. Padres, I mean, Angels. Padres, Angels, Red Sox. Sorry, Padres, sorry, Angels, Red Sox, Red Sox. Red Sox. Pardon me. Okay, Padres, Angels, Red Sox. Red Sox about a plus one thirty five dog uh, at the Rays. Um, so rookie of the year, who who do you believe are the favorites again? Just circling back to that because I, I sort of stepped on that. Trevor Trevor Rogers probably the favorite in the NL right now, and AL I guess Adolis Garcia was the favorite, but I think Randy Rosarena wow is probably the actual favorite. Um, Come on, Garcia! Hey, I don't think Adolis is going to win it. Hit some homers for us. Under to one. Just a couple. Just a couple more. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay, what else? <clears throat> pardon me, Jason. What else have you been betting then 
in awards markets and futures markets, what else have you added to the old portfolio? You know, uh, it's funny. At, sometimes at this point in the season, awards markets kind of get thinner and places haven't updated them. Like the Westgate hasn't updated their NL MVP numbers in a week. It's just mocked. Um, but I actually, I tried to make a bet on Vlad Guerrero this week for MVP to just as like a hedge. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I asked, I asked the Westgate if they'd take 20,000 bucks on Vlad at plus 175 crickets didn't get a response. Mm. They don't want to gamble. <laughs> um, so I guess I'm not going to fly. I'm not going to fly into Vegas this week to bet 20,000 bucks on Vlad. And I'm gonna keep, um, and I'm gonna keep my mouth shut, Jason. Is what I'm gonna do right there, <laughs> just on top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last thing, you uh, in addition to baseball, you write for Point Spread Weekly. You have gone to other sports as well. When can we expect the first Jason Weingarten football piece this summer? Ooh, football piece. Good question. Probably right after the Fourth of July. That tends to be when I I start shifting back into football. It's just so so like early especially for awards like there's nothing to really talk about for the rookie of the year stuff you know we haven't even seen guys get to camp and see who's who's playing with first teams and who's getting reps and stuff uh mvp i'll probably start with mvp i have a big mvp bet i've already started making i'll write about but i'd say probably beginning of july for a second week is when i start shifting over to football more okay jason appreciate it man as always and uh we'll talk to you soon Thanks for having me. Nice talk to you. Nice talk, to Carl. Jason Weingarten, everybody from Take care, Jason. Smoke in Southern Take California. Um, yeah, man, we used to have great times back there in Sloan days. Let me ask you this question, Carl. Back to Carl Sack here uh, again, uh, who works with Dr. Bob. Um, you, you're not on Twitter at all, so there's no Twitter handle to give. I know you have one, but you haven't been active on there for you know. You don't Mm-mm. do that whole thing. Uh, good for you, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so you bet totals primarily, but you are not averse to making a side bet, which I would call every once in a while. I'm not sure if you would agree with that characteristic or not, but it seems to happen just sort of every once in a while. And again, without sort of giving away the farm, because you're so deliberate with like, how many sides do you think you bet this whole year? Um, I'd say it's probably like 80% totals, 20% sides. Oh, so. so more than I thought maybe. Yeah. I don't know, probably at least 100, 100 sides, I would say. Really? Yeah, I think oh, so. Okay. Um, all right, well, then the question isn't as valid because I was going to say, well, maybe it is as valid because, you know, the fact that it's so, uh, it's such a smaller percentage of what you do, what is it specifically that makes your brain go from, okay, you know, maybe it, maybe this is, is taking me towards a total to all of a sudden, it, obviously it's not a total thing here, but I don't bet sides very often. But in this particular case, I'm going to make my one of my 20% or whatever the percentages mm. of the year that it, it's so stark to me that I must play this side because you're that deliberate about it. My, for me, with sides, it's in my handicapping process, it, it, it's all about the spot entirely. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm going to make power numbers. I'm going to make sure injuries line up and, you know, that kind of stuff. But we look at the Clippers series, for example, right now, like the spot is for the Clippers. Absolutely. Like their season's on the line. They have to win game three. Um, It's a letdown spot for Phoenix. They did what they needed to do at home. Um, And so in a game like that, it would absolutely be Clippers or pass. But, yeah, it's, it's always about the spot. Who's motivated, who's not motivated, who's ready to make adjustments, that kind of stuff. But, you see, I think people, what you just said right there, Carl, I think is fascinating because there's a lot of people when they hear analytics. Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders, and I talk about this all the time. As soon as you say you're about analytics, something in other people's brains immediately shut off and they say, oh, that guy only cares about numbers. He doesn't watch games. He doesn't, you know, care about other things in sports. But what you just showed in, 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 you know, 10 seconds right there is you're absolutely about the analytics numbers. We believe, you know, if you're not based in that, you're probably doing this wrong. But you truly believe in that kind of stuff in this team is motivated. This team's in a letdown spot. There's a lot of people who would listen to you say that and they'll be like, I didn't think people like that believe in stuff like that, but you 100% do. 
I think you have to you have to kind of have that math brain where you're like, okay, um, I'm doing uh, analysis on the advanced statistics and really kind of filtering out the noise from a pure math perspective. But then, yeah, you have to you have to. I mean, these are human beings. You know, it's it's about figuring out when they're motivated and when they're not. What do you think of? Because again, the whole gambling, the whole handicapping spectrum, right? There's, if you take the most pure numbers guy on one side and you take the most smoke and mirrors guy, let's call him on the other or, 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 or girl. Um, and then there's, you know, there's a whole spectrum in between. And oftentimes the right answer is some combination, right? What do you say to the person? Now I'm not talking about the, the, the sort of novice gambler, but what do you say to the, the, the super veteran gambler who, and we all know the type who think they're always right and other people are always wrong, who would listen to you and say, oh, come on, Carl, that stuff isn't, that stuff doesn't really matter. Like you can't quantify that stuff, motivation or letdown spots, or when we're talking football season, oh, this is a sandwich game, right? Or it's, you know, Bob, for instance, Dr. Bob, Bob Stoll, who, who you and I both uh, have worked with and are good friends with, he is a big believer, like during football season, that scheduling absolutely matters, right? And I would actually back him up on those, you know, what people would call trends. Some people call, you know, use the word trends with disdain. But there are absolutely scheduling situations in football that, that totally bear out over time. So anyone who says, you know, 100, with 100%, you know, certainty, oh, none of that stuff matters. What would you say to those people who would listen to you right now and be like, Come on, Carl, let down, trap game, blah, blah, blah. Come on. I mean, you get a get yourself a database and do the research, and you'll yeah. find that the trends are there. I, I don't even know if I call them trends. Like, you start with it from a logical perspective, and you're, you know, as I kind of alluded to the example of this Clippers-Phoenix series and teams down 0-2, um, I mean, if you if you just go and query it, you'll see that, that it the – Numbers support the logic that's there. Um, and these type of situations happen all the time where you get a team, you know, for example, in the NBA, you've got a team that just lost their last game. By uh, The Clippers are actually a good example of that, and this is contrary to what I was saying earlier, but the Clippers have got to be down on themselves right now knowing that they had a lead with a second left and lost. Um, you know, Paul George misses two free throws that could have sealed it up. That that game totally changes the series. And so when you look at historically how NBA teams do off of a one-bucket loss, um, they tend to not do well in their next game. And so it makes perfect sense that they're going to be down and, you know, um, so the, if you just kind of line up the logic with the data, the data supports it. I love it. Carl, appreciate it, man. Sadly, sadly, I must run, but there are others I must talk to about golf and about soccer. Uh, but I could talk to you for hours about this stuff because same here. I've always, I've always wanted to pick your brain about certain things. But uh, continued success. I know we'll talk soon. And uh, so, a little play at the very least tonight on the over, maybe a bigger play depending on Bogdanovich. Probably just a little play. Probably just a little play. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Carl Sack, everybody, exclusively on a numbers game right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Brady Cannon on the Open that's gone by, the Open Championship that's coming, and the Travelers this week right here on a numbers game next. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They fight, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, gonna, not the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs>
And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Numbers Game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Don't forget, with the current meet ending Saturday at Churchill Downs, the Ron Flatter Racing Pod offers a preview from Louisville. Hall of Famer Steve Asmussen will discuss his plans for the summer, plus his pursuit of the North American record for most wins by a trainer. Churchill Downs TV analyst Scott Shapiro will look at the Stephen Foster stakes and other races on the card. DraftKings Sportsbook's Johnny Avella will handicap weekend races around the country. It's the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. It's available for download every Friday morning at visa.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. It's sponsored by First Bet. Skill Alexander, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he is the co-host of Long Shots, which he does with Wes Reynolds, the greatest golf betting show on planet Earth. I believe in the history of time, if I'm not mistaken. That's accurate. It's Brady Cannon, everybody. How you doing, Brady? Good, good. You had, doing well. You and Wes both had John Rom. We did. That was published in Point Spread Weekly. So hopefully some of the viewers and uh, subscribers logged on to that. And, you know, he was the tournament favorite. But, you know, Wes is famous for the narrative play in golf. You know, this guy just had a baby yeah. or, you know, some sort of storyline. And it was really a beautiful thing to see John Rahm where that entire storyline played out, you know, off of the COVID forced withdrawal at the Memorial. He goes back to a course where he earned his first PGA Tour victory, proposed to his wife there. Obviously, Torrey Pines was a very special place to him. Wins his first major on Father's Day with a brand new child, his family on the grounds that he hadn't seen in over a year because of COVID. I mean, there was just so many stars that aligned for John Rahm. It was pretty cool to watch it unfold. All it was missing was a Jim Nance call. Yes, exactly. That's all it was missing. Sure, Nance would have had a uh, uh, something pithy to say at the end of that one that he was that would have been completely unplanned. By the way, 
according to, to, right, to himself. Right. <laughs> Here's a wonderful guy. By the way, you know, Nance has the, uh, when you go to his house at Pebble Beach, he has the Masters music play. Do you know that? Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you were going to say he <laughs> no, has, true. like, um, he has a little par three in his backyard, I believe. Does he? a replica of ah. the seventh at Pebble Beach or something like that. There was a house in San Francisco by me that where the like, guy was like a huge golf fan, and I don't know how he sold this with his wife, but like he, when his house went for sale, you went to look at his house, and it was you know a normal house in San Francisco. And in the middle of it, he had the the exact master's restroom as his bathroom in the middle with lockers. <laughs> and I'm like, your wife agreed to this, dude? Like, who's going to yeah, buy this Yeah, she makes me a pimento, uh, pimento cheese sandwich, yeah. and I go to the <laughs> yeah, bathroom. It's, it's amazing. People love their golf. So congratulations to you, man. You hit on John Rahm. Um before Four we... weeks in a row for the Long Shots crew. We had Jason Kokrak at the Colonial, Patrick Cantley at the Memorial, Garrick Higo at the Palmetto, and then John Rahm. So good lord, yeah. Higo was Wes. Higo was humans. Humans fifty to one. Outstanding. Both uh, both Wes and Matt had Kokrak at the Colonial. I had Patrick Cantley, and then Wes and I both had Rahm. You know who you guys should uh, have on your show uh, more often? Matt Brown and Kelly Bidlin, my co-host. He's our New Orleans guy. Oh. You know, we try and be regional yeah. with our guests. And, of course, this week for the Travelers back in Connecticut, we had Chris Felica, mm -hmm. you know, about 25 minutes away from headquarters there in Bristol. So <laughs> Matt's our New Orleans guy. When uh, when they have a, a golf a major golf tour at Rock Creek Park in D.C., I expect to be called <laughs> the majestic Rock Creek Park course in the middle of D.C. Um Okay, so before we talk Travelers, which we'll do after the break, the Open Championship, the next major, next month, I love this, yes. that we just they just yes. keep coming. So the Open Championship, which we used to call the British Open when we were kids, but apparently that's not cool to do anymore. Uh, do you have any plays yet on I this? I do. I do. I Who made a play. Uh, I think I made a play uh, yesterday. What's I'm losing track of days here. I think I made a play on Monday, but uh, I took Sergio Garcia. Who has really? ten top top ten finishes in the Open Championship throughout his career? He's played it, I want to say, around twenty times, possibly more. Uh, you remember he lost in a playoff to Padraig Harrington. He's finished second a couple of times. I always thought that this was going to be the major that he would win, and then he surprised us all and won the Masters a few years back, beating Justin Rose. Um, but I always had him pegged to win the Open Championship because it truly has been his best major. Uh, of course, you know, very well versed on the European Tour, uh, in the Ryder Cup, and everything kind of made sense for him to win the Open Championship. Maybe he'll get it this year. He's been playing really well. He missed a few cuts in a row, uh, you know, I want to say about two months ago. Uh, but he finished very well in the U.S. Open, had a great finish on Sunday. I think he got inside the top 20. Um, Sergio still, uh, at this age in his career, is still one of the best drivers of the golf ball and ball strikers on tour. And his history in the Open Championship, I was able to find him at 60-1. to 1. So that's my first place so far. That's the only one I have in wow. pocket. Royal St. George's, that's where we're going? Yes. Uh, it was 2011 where Darren Clark won uh, there yes. at 34 years old. And Sergio, by the way, that year finished ninth at Royal St. George's. And uh, there are a few players. Phil Mickelson was second that year. Dustin Johnson was second that year. Uh, so there are some players that are still around, holdovers. And you know the British Open. It goes A lot of times it goes to an older player. Yeah. And Sergio, of course, a little older in his... A little, uh, little older. We don't think of him that way, but I guess right? he is. El Nino. Less than three weeks away, Brady. Yes, 22 Man. days. Love it. We'll come back. We'll get Brady's thoughts on this week's stop on the tour at the Travelers. Next, Numbers Game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. Baseball season is in full swing, so it's the perfect time to work on cashing tickets every day. Our recent experts give you all the tools to make the most of every baseball bet, including live odds and analysis for every game on vcin.com slash MLB and our daily members only best bet emails. Now's the time to start your free trial and take advantage of all the betting opportunities this baseball season at vcin.com slash subscribe. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. It's Gil Alexander, Brady Cannon, kind enough to join us in studio. You'll be hosting the Lombardi line at the top of the hour. Yes, sir. Indeed. I look forward to that. Uh, we were just talking off air how awesome this year is because the one great thing about basketball and hockey being staggered back a little bit in the calendar and it's still playing into, you know, late June and, um, you know, early July, 
is that we also have, so there's, you know, we just came off a a tennis major, the French Open, and a golf major. We're about to get another tennis and golf major, Wimbledon and the Open Championship. We have Euro 2020 going on, the Olympics, for those who want to bet on that. that too. I forgot about that. So, like, the bridge to football. And what was the day? How many days to preseason, you said? 43 days until the (laughs) Hall of Fame game on August 5th. Not like you're counting or anything. No. no. 43. But that's always, I mean. Let's see, 15 days until the NBA Finals start. Yeah. 22 days until the Open Championship. 43 days until the first preseason football game. Brady Cannon, ladies and gentlemen. Your sports By the betting way, calendar. June 23rd. In case you didn't know. You're By the way, happy belated birthday to you. Hey, you too. All right. Um, okay, this week, Travelers is the stop on the PGA Championship. Not without elite players. Yeah. Uh, let's start there. Why would Brooks, first of all, Brooks, Brooks Kepka doesn't care, does he? You know, uh, our guest, Chris Felica, a, yeah. a friend of both of ours and a mm-hmm. friend of the network, came on our Long Shots podcast, and we were talking about this as well. We try and do regional guests with, you know, and of course the tournament this year being in Connecticut about 25 minutes away from ESPN headquarters there. Chris Felica is our natural go-to guy for the travelers. Uh, but he brought up a great point that last year at this event, Brooks and Chase Kepka, and, and maybe it was only Chase. I can't remember exactly how this played out, but... Uh, he had to withdraw from the tournament because of COVID. Uh, you remember when all that was yes. going on, when the when the golf you know resurfaced, and you had a a player about every other week that was having to withdraw. So I think that certainly disappointed the Kepka family, and they're kind of going back there for a redemption, a do over. Uh, so I, I think that's one of the reasons why Brooks is probably hmm. back. And this tournament has done a great job, a fantastic job. The week after a major, and it's different from Augusta, where they go to the RBC Heritage, which is about an hour and a half away or something. This they went across the country from Torrey Pines to right. Connecticut, right? And they have like 50-plus guys that were at the U.S. Open in this field this week, including DJ and Kepka and Patrick Reed and Bubba Watson and DeChambeau. So, yeah, quite a field this week for the Travelers. What did you how, – how how strong, how uh, deep did you end up going into this tournament in terms of bets? Not too much. I, I did my top 10s and top 20s and my outrights, and I used a lot of correlated courses. We see Pete Dye designs on tour so often, and this is another one here. Bubba Watson has won three times here. Uh, Dustin Johnson is your defending champion. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau has great success on the correlated courses here. I actually landed on DeChambeau and was able to get him at plus four. 1450. Uh, he's in the neighborhood of 12 to 14 and, and really is the betting favorite along with DJ and then Kepka and, and Reed shortly follow thereafter. But Patrick Reed's another guy that I landed on as well at 25 to 1. The Wyndham Championship, you know, Webb Simpson's course that he seems to own. Uh, Patrick Reed has great success there as well. There's a lot of corollary there with with the Travelers. So DeChambeau, Reed, uh, Siwoo Kim, uh, another Pete Dye specialist who's won at Sawgrass and the Wyndham. Uh, Cameron Tringali has had great success at the correlated courses. That was really my theme this week, Gil. Guys that have played well on courses that seem to produce similar results. And this is going to be a birdie fest. This is not going to be the U.S. Open. Uh, you're going to have some pretty low scores here, I imagine. And it's a it's a very short course. Uh, so I think DeChambeau will certainly have an advantage off the tee. But I think the tournament will really be decided on strokes gained approach, approach shots, getting your ball, stuffing it in there close, and then putting. And most birdie fests come down to putting. And all those guys on my card there are excellent putters. Um, we were just talking with Carl Sack, by the way. Someone was asking on Twitter how do you spell his last name. S-A-C-K, Carl Sack. Uh, we were just talking about him from an NBA standpoint, betting NBA, how much situational stuff matters to him. Mm-hmm. Um, Bryson DeChambeau, let's talk situational golf. Great call. Yeah, how right? does so, he respond, right? Yeah, so I've been asking people all week, like, hey, you know, you got to keep this in mind with Bryson. If he, You know, he's so uh, obstinate about what he wants to do that he's willing to fall off a cliff and shoot a back 944 in a snowman and just run himself into a wall because the money probably doesn't mean as much to him as some other golfers, and he believes what he believes, which is great for him. I'm not taking anything away from him, but as a better, you kind of have to be aware that he's able to fall off a cliff. Top 20 Bryson people, you know, learned that the hard way this past weekend. Exactly, you you, call, you, you beat me to it. He's got to be really, really keen on, 
erasing that quickly from his mind. Yeah, I think he's the one guy that will bounce back because of that mindset that he has. He is so determined. And I, I don't, you know, I think some other guys could be very fragile. And that would just disrupt them for a month if they finished the U.S. Open like that, trying to defend their title. Um, I don't think that's the case with Bryson. He has three straight top ten finishes at this tournament. I think this course will be very gettable for him. He's, you know, a lot of people don't know this. Obviously, he's the longest hitter in the world, or not the longest, but certainly number one on tour in driving distance. Uh, but he's also a great putter. So I believe Bryson will bounce back, and, and I think he just has that persona that he is going to put that U.S. Open in his rearview mirror, the, the back nine specifically, and, and come out here, and I, think, I expect him to have another good week. DeChambeau and DJ, both the short shots here at the Travelers Championship this week, courtesy of BetMGM at 12-1, to Cantlay 14-1, to Brooks Kepka and, and uh, Paul Casey, who had a run, among others, at the U.S. Open before he fall, uh, faltered, 16-1, to everybody else. Uh, 22 to one or longer on this field. By the way, DeChambeau may be a great putter, but it is the most honest. It is the most aesthetically unpleasing look so weird to a putter. Yeah, to yeah. to how he puts. Uh, any head to heads here before we go? I did not do any head to head. I. I... Looked at a few of them, but I just couldn't find the right price, so I didn't do any head-to-head matchups. Um, I took uh, Patrick Reed for a top 10 along with Joaquin Neiman, and then all the other guys that I took for outrights I took for top 20s. Um, you know, and I think that's uh, going to be a pretty good bet. I mean, if you like him to win, I think you certainly like him to go top 10 or top 20. Uh, but you mentioned Paul Casey. He's n- another very popular bet this week. He's had success at this course. I think maybe the most popular bet this week is Abraham Answer. I've heard that a few times now. Yeah. He, he certainly checks all the boxes for this type of golf course. He is actually number one on tour in strokes gained on Pete Dye designs. Mm. So that certainly makes sense as well. I did not go with answer. Sometimes I like to be a little bit contrarian and not land on the most obvious guy. Um, but uh, I can't argue with why people are landing on Abraham answer. But this field, this golf course, uh, I think it'll be a fun one. And, uh, you know, that'll uh, put us another week closer to the Open Championship, the final major of the year. What's your favorite major? Masters. Come on. I always say in April it's the Masters and in July it's the Open. You you know what? You might be right because that was pretty awesome this weekend. No, no, in July, it's the Open Championship. Oh, the Open Championship. I'm talking about June. I love US staying Open. up in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah, I love getting texts from Brady in the middle of the night. Thank you, sir. Host the Lombardi <laughs> Line, top of the hour. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. 
Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Try one game parlay at BetMGM. One game parlay is an exciting feature designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types. You can make one game parlay bets on the Stanley Cup playoffs, baseball, and your favorite soccer leagues. Log into your BetMGM account, that's BetMGM account, and create the parlay of your dreams or sign up today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600 with bonus code VSIN600. New customer offer, paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. And 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee red line. 800-889-9789. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Ladies and gentlemen, he's on a heater. Another easy-peasy winner at Euro 2020 yesterday on his under in the England game. That on the heels of two uh, coast jobs the previous day on Denmark and the Netherlands. I can't uh, go back two two days further because my memory doesn't go back that far. Yeah. But ladies and gentlemen, it's Paul Carr. How you doing, Paul? Man, that England game was funny. England scored in, what, the 11th, 12th minute? You're yes. Like, Uh-oh, this could be one of those. But yeah. then the second half, there were, there were two shots total in the second half. Two I mean, shots. Those teams were just done. Yeah, I am told yeah, that Czech if, Republic was not interested in trying to come back and win the group. Yeah, because they knew they were getting through, right? So that's the right. thing. Yeah, they're both going through. You could debate: is it better to win the group or finish runner-up? So yeah, yeah. they're just like, all right, let's let's get on with this. I am told if you do not shoot, you probably will not score. That's the thing about soccer. Makes it extremely difficult. Yeah. All right, Paul. Which points us to today, which is a groups E and F. And I just want to warn you: at any point during this interview, we we may check you for foreign substances. Just want to point that yeah, out. Okay. Right. Your perfor- the- oh. Yeah. Okay. Your your performance has been suspicious, quite frankly. Yep. And I don't like the way you put your hand through your hair during the interviews as well. Oh, it's, so. un- it's understandable. I'll we'll try not to. Okay. Uh, just get the ground okay. rules straight. Yeah. All right. So we start at uh, well, just about 13 minutes from now. So again, this is one of those things where it's like get your bets in. Uh, this yep. is Sweden and Poland. And Slovakia and Spain. Uh, so explain the standings here to us. Where do we stand? Yeah, so make sure I get this right. So Sweden is already through. They're on four points. If you get four points, you're going through right now. Uh, Slovakia has three. They just need a draw to guarantee it. They could sneak through with a loss. Uh, Spain would probably get through with a draw, uh, but there's a chance they don't, depending on the other results. So Spain needs a win. as uh, kind of the short version. Spain really needs a win. Slovakia probably needs a point. Uh, Poland has to win to get through. So basically, you get to four points, you're going through. You get to three points with a uh, zero-ish goal difference, you're going through. But four points is the magic number right now. Okay, yes. So again, just to let me just clarify this way. So Group E, Sweden four points, Slovakia three, Spain two, Poland one currently. Yep. All right. Yeah, everybody's alive. So every everybody, and again, it's it's uh, Sweden, Poland, Slovakia, Spain. So really, yeah, everybody's motivated. Everybody. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. 
a play on either of these or both of these? Yeah, so Sweden-Poland, I've got 10 minutes to decide. I may sprinkle a little bit on the under here. Uh, Sweden has, <laughs> yeah. I think there's one goal in their four, in their two games, and it was a penalty. So Sweden is defense first. Slovakia is fine with a draw, really. They're getting through. So that feel, this feels like a low-scoring one to me. So I may uh, sprinkle on the under at, like, I think it was minus 150-ish. Uh, my, I do play, I'm playing Spain minus a goal and a half against Slovakia at minus Ooh, 150. Okay. I mentioned that Spain needs a win. Uh, Spain's offense hasn't looked great as far as goals go, but their underlying numbers are still pretty good. They have over five expected goals. They missed a penalty, which obviously doesn't help. Uh, I just don't think Spain messes around here. They've outshot opponents 29 to nine in the two games so far this season. They're going to have all of the ball, and Slovakia has, in two games, less than one expected goal. So, you know, their shots have not been good, and they haven't, uh, yeah, just haven't created many good chances. So I like Spain in this one. I think, you know, the luck can come around. They will put the hammer down because they, they need to win. They don't want to mess around with the draw, and then suddenly Poland scores late, and Spain's out, and they have to kick it in high gear. So I, I like Spain in this one, and I'll give the goal and a half. Spain giving a goal and a half. So no, no official play in Sweden, Poland. You're just deciding for yourself in the next 10 minutes what you're doing yeah. there. But Spain minus a goal and a half against Slovakia. And your numbers, again, 29 to 9. They outshot, uh, outshot opponents in the, in the two draws. Yeah. Um, that is my anecdotal recollection of them, right? They're the team that they dominate yeah. possession. They look great up and down the field, and then they can't put the yep. biscuit in the basket. Yeah, yeah. here's the number. They had, had 80% possession in the tournament. No other team's over 60% so far. So oh, my that's goodness. What, that's what we're looking at here. When they won, what was it that they won? Forgive me, this is my, my soccer brand. They, they, won, uh, they won Euros in 8 and 12 and the World Cup in 2010. So it was either the World Cup in 2010 or the Euros in 2012 where they were the greatest passing soccer side yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, just, I think it was 12 by the time they like honed that to an art form. Yeah. It was amazing. It's just amazing. Like, yep. They could do anything they wanted with the soccer balls. Like, you're not getting it. We're just yep. holding this the entire game, and we'll score yeah. occasionally. Right. Um, yeah, if we need to score, we'll, we'll decide we'll, to do that. That's right. All right, and then uh, three hours from, you know, uh, from those games, the beginning at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, we go to Portugal, France. Wow, that's a game yeah. right there. And then Germany and Hungary. Now, let me go to the standings here. Let's uh, start yep. with this just to give context. We go to Group F. France has four points. Germany and Portugal both with three. And Hungary uh, picking up the rear, as was predicted, with a right. one point. This is a uh, – we don't use the term that we used to use for tough groups, but uh, the group of difficulty, let's call it, right. for Hungary. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, they got the raw end of the draw for sure. You really have to evolve with the terms in sports these days. You never know what yeah. kind of uh, landmines you might hit. All right, mm -hmm. so uh, let's start with Germany and Hungary, which is the uh, the lesser of the two in terms of marquee matchup. Um, Hungary with the with a slim shot here. Germany has everything to play for. Yeah, Hungary would have to pull an upset and win to get through. Germany, Germany's probably through even with a loss. Uh, a draw would clinch it, uh, but. You know, Germany is Germany. I don't think they'll mess around with this one. I like the first half number in this one. Mm -hmm. I'll take Germany to win the first half, minus 160, uh, just because the goal line is like minus two and a half by default, and that's that's a little rich for me. You know, I could easily see this being a dominant 2-0 win or a 3-1 win where Hungary sneaks one. Uh, so I like Germany to win the first half, minus 160. They've had 60% first half possession against France and Portugal, so they're going to have all of the ball here. Uh, they've come out strong, really, in, in both halves, even though they didn't get a goal against France. So I, I like Germany for the first half here at minus 160. I prefer that to playing, you know, money or something like that. All right, we have minus. Rather. We have the minus 160 that you're quoting here, courtesy of William Hill. When I checked it before the show this morning, I saw that it was higher than that. That it was like minus 175 where I was looking. By the way, it may have shifted back. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to look. Mm -hmm. But uh, the question would be to what to what amount of juice would you say this is a play? Like, what's too high? It, my gut says, like, 200 is, minus 200 is probably the highest. You're looking at you know, two-thirds of the time, obviously. Oh, wow. You You'd play it that high. Uh, wow. Uh, that's the highest off the top of my head. Um, if you're, if I had to place the bet, I don't think I would I would place that. 175 is, is getting into the edgy range for me. And why again first half and not full game again? Pardon me? Uh, just because the, the, the main goal line is minus two and a half for Germany, and that, that's just a lot. So you just uh, you know, I feel like it could half. easily be, yeah, okay. yeah, it could be easily be one of those where they they crush them, they give up a goal late when it doesn't matter, and only win by two, something like that. Uh, 
yeah, I just I just feel like minus two and a half is too much for me. All right, so France and Portugal, which is absolutely the marquee uh, matchup of the day, yeah. which runs concurrent with Germany, Hungary again. France with four points, Portugal with three. Okay, so let me take a stab at this before I throw it to you. This yep. then would seem to me, so if you end up with four points, correct me if I'm wrong. So, again, there's there's six groups, A, B, C, D, E, and F. Top two teams in each uh, go through, as well as the four next best teams. So if yep. you end up with four points, and you even quoted the historical stats on this, you're through at this point. I'm, I, as, yeah, it's as automatic. As, it's yeah. automatic. At this point, it's automatic. Right. Yeah, it's in a big advantage of being one of these last groups. You know what you have to do, whereas if you're in group A or B, right. you, know, you, you have a pretty good idea. But like Portugal and Germany know they have three points, and as long as, for the most part, as long as they don't lose by multiple goals, they're going through. There's a couple edge cases depending on some other things. But, but basically, as long as they don't, and with a minus three goal difference in the group, they're going through. So big advantage. Right. Playing last year. So, so that's exactly where I was getting because it's like now they know since this is the last day, there's no games tomorrow, right? So this is this Correct. is where we know that four points gets you in, not just we think four yeah. points is getting you in. So if Portugal and France, France has four, Portugal has three. I mean, isn't there some sort of, they don't have to communicate this to each other, right? Mm-hmm. But isn't there some sort of tacit thing happening where it's like again, it's if this for sure, if this is tied at halftime, that's kickball in the second half, isn't it? Probably. And even if it's so, I guess I'll get my play out of the way. My play is France to win at plus one twenty. Oh, okay. Um, and in part because let's say France is up one nil late, Portugal's fine. And in, in all likelihood, this is kind of assuming Germany uh, doesn't lose to Hungary. Uh, Portugal's fine losing one nil. They're still going through and they know that. Whereas if they played early in the week, they may not have known that. So because of, because of goal differential for them. Correct. So they'll be on three points and they'll be at, let's see, they'll have a zero goal difference for the whole group stage. And they're okay with that because the right now, the last third place team is at minus one, I think. So if, uh, if they, they go through a zero or they get to zero in goal difference, they're going through. So, yeah, oh, so I like France to win right, in part because Portugal may not have to win this game. So I see. So if Portugal Portugal won their first game by three, they beat Hungary three yep. to nothing. The yep. three nil. Pardon me. Pardon me. Soccer talk. Very, uh, then good. then they lost to Germany four to two. So if they lose here by one, they end up even in goal differential, and Correct. that is enough to get them through, even if they don't have four points. Correct, because the current fourth oh. place team among the third place teams. I see. Uh, as is Ukraine with three points and minus one. This so. is why we have these conversations, <laughs> Paul, to, to, yeah. to talk and, and us through this. Germany's in the same boat. Uh, they're a little bit different because, though, if they lose to Hungary, Hungary jumps them in points. So okay, that's, that's why Germany's a little more motivated than, than Portugal may be if it's a one-goal game. Got it. So Paul's UEFA <laughs> Euro 2020 picks for the day. Uh, in the first group here, which happens in less than five minutes, Spain giving a goal and a half against Slovakia. That's just better team, and Spain is going to go and, and uh, beat them up. And then the strategic plays later based on, you know, motivational things of getting these teams through. Germany first half versus Hungary, uh, a little more straightforward. And then France, and the most interesting of them, a France win over Portugal at plus 120 for all the reasons stated. And the motivation for France, they win the group, they get an easier path. Uh, ah, also a good point. Paul, you get the day off tomorrow. Your streak will end, but thank you. Paul Carr, everybody, on Euro 2020. Lombardi Line is next. Enjoy from all of us at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.